1: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Got a great deal going on right now. Uh, you bet on a Thanksgiving day, gay, game for a new customer. And you know what? If either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. All right. Joined now by U of A Athletic Royalty. I put that out on Twitter, and um, I don't I don't put that out there lightly. Sean and Sharon Harris, um, Captain of Desert Swarm, great U of A women's basketball player. Proud parents of two uh, current U of A football players. Um, can't thank you enough for both hopping on right here. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Pleasure being here. Okay. Um, we talked about it a little bit before um, kind of we, we went on and obviously new defensive coordinator coming in before we get to everything. Um, what just kind of, you know, uh, just kind of like the initial thoughts. Obviously it's an emotional thing. Any Anytime you have a defensive coordinator move on.
2: I mean, Like I was saying before, you know, football is a business on all levels now, you know, so I get it, you know, and also his family's back there, his wife is back there and you want to be home. So, you know, I, I, I have nothing against him for doing that. I mean, like I said, I could, you know, my main focus now is on the next guy coming in and. What he's going to do and what he's going to bring to the program. I hate to see Coach Brown leave. He, he's a great coach. Thought the defense made strides under him, but I'm hoping the next defense coordinator can pick up where he left off at. Yeah. Sharon, what were your
0: thoughts? My thoughts are well. You know, he has to do what's best for his family. Um, I'm super appreciative of him for what he's brought into our program. I think that we on defense had a, a different confidence level with Don Brown and what he brought, you know, his tenure in Michigan and, you know, what he brought to the table in terms of knowledge. I think that um, our defense walked with a a different swagger being under him. So uh, I appreciate everything that he's done. I know that Jalen is a better player because of his experience with him and uh, looking forward to what the season brings for the new defensive coordinator and we wish him the best.
1: Okay, Both of your sons are obviously, they were highly rated in-state kids up in Phoenix now. Now, when um, a lot of people uh, were asking, you know, Jalen, or excuse me, Jason initially goes to Colorado, then comes back to Arizona. What was kind of the, what was the impression that Coach Fish uh, gave you all that said, you know what, it's probably best to go back to our alma mater?
2: You know, uh, just talking to Coach Fish, I mean, you know, it brings a lot of energy and You know, he talked about what he what his plans were for the program, what uh, the opportunities the kids were going to have. And, you know, you believe in what he's telling you, you know, and, you know, it takes time to build any program. It's going to be ups. It's going to be downs. And, you know, so everything he said to us, you know, we believe in what he sold us. So.
1: Right. Yep. Now let's talk a little bit too about Jalen though. So when you see him, this is the first year, like I remember when he came back when everybody was here and a couple of people in the media were like, wow, he's really put on some weight right there. He kind of came in, you know, kind of with the real angular and he's still kind of angular, but man, he really must've worked his butt off in the weight room this off season because he came back looking like a different player. Yeah.
0: I will, I will say that the success Jalen uh, is having with his career today is just solely based on how much work he was willing to put in. He didn't have a spring, he didn't have a summer because he was committed to developing a relationship with the weight staff um, to put on the weight. And all jokes aside, we, they make comments about my macaroni and cheese, and my macaroni and cheese is great, but it comes down to Jalen's hard work in the weight room, being committed um, to staying there and also taking classes. So everything that we set for him in terms of a milestone uh, for markers in his career, he met them and exceeded them. So, you know, we just hope that, you know, in the future, he's able to realize what his dreams are and he's able to achieve them very quickly.
1: We put out on Twitter that, uh, you know, uh, um, you guys were both going to be coming on the first thing that we had three different people ask, and I thought this was a great question. I'm going to go right to it. What, uh, how did you guys – how did you meet? How did uh, – tell us that story.
2: We met on campus. Uh, so we met on campus. Uh, I seen her in the way room, I believe. I was back uh, working out, and then uh, we, we talked a little bit. Then uh, we ended up meeting outside a club. Was the Gentle Benz, I believe? Yeah, so we ended up meeting outside the club and we started relationships shortly thereafter.
0: I tell I tell a completely different story. I said he stalked me for at least two weeks before we actually <laughs> started talking. But no, that, he's he's spot on. We initially saw each other and met in McHale Center. That was when everyone was combined. So women's basketball, football, gymnastics, we were all combined in McHale Center. So all of our weight rooms were there. So it made it very easy to interact with the different sports. And now as things have evolved on campus, like you have your own area so it's harder to inter- for student athletes to interact now than it was when yeah. when we were student athletes
1: we just got a message right here from a Nick howard uh, listening and he says what was your what was y'all's food budget like when the boys were teenagers growing up there That's a great question
2: <laughs> well, well our our uh, money's uh in our savings account is definitely going up now so <laughs> now that they're out the pitch and they're on the u of base budget so but it, it was expensive between you know, they were always eating something, you know, they're always on the go. So we tried to keep them hydrated and fed. So it it, it was a lot of money. I I never tracked it, but I know we're spending a lot.
0: So I don't know how to cook in small quantities anymore. So that's something that I'm learning because, you know, we we have a six-year-old daughter and she doesn't eat as much, but I did most of my shopping at Costco and Sam's and now it's with Sean, I and Kayla, we don't need as much food, but we had like gallons on gallons up on milk and bacon and eggs and that sort of thing. And it's not something that we have to, to buy anymore. So we're learning how to adjust to life outside of Jalen and Jason, because it was a lot of food and, and a lot of money. So now I'm thinking I could probably get a Bentley with the money that I'm saving with them
1: being gone. Right. <laughs> take us through, take us through a little bit of your, both of your journeys then at the U of A. Sean, you were there during the highlight of, you know, the Arizona rain under Dick Tomey, as uh, I was putting out there before, and I'll just do it again. Still the coolest Sports Illustrated cover that you will ever come across. I'm, you know, just is what it is. There's Sean at the top right there. When you got to, when you got to Arizona, what was, did you have any idea that you were going to be kind of the, you were going to be one of the leaders of a nationally renowned defense that, you know, when people think of the Dick Tomey era, they still think about that today.
2: You know, not really. I just had a lot of individual goals for myself and I knew, what I want to achieve and I know I want to play and I knew how I was going to go about it. And I just knew the harder I worked, no one could keep me off the field, you know, and I knew, you know, if I got in the weight room, got stronger, added a little bit more weight, no one's going to keep me off the field. I didn't care who they had starting in front of me. I just wanted to show them, hey, you can count on me and I'm going to play. And so that was my whole goal. I didn't have a big dream. I was going to be the Attacking on this great defense and all those things, I just knew I wanted to get on the field somehow, some way.
1: Was there ever a point when you knew that you know what I got a real chance at the NFL? Because I know in high school you were a ba- you were a really, you were a really well-known basketball player. You know, mm-hmm. some of the people that grew up in the S- Santa Rosa development yeah. that you came with always said they're like, man, we always thought Sean was going to be a basketball player. So when he made the NFL, it was like. Whoa! So was can there you say a- that
2: again? Because <laughs> my wife don't believe me about my basketball skills, nope. her or my kids. So
1: <laughs> right, no, it's 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 crazy. Like I said, I I know quite a few people that uh, you know grew up a little bit younger than uh, Sean, but they were all like, yeah, we all just thought that he was going to play in the NBA, not the NFL. And so when he made the NFL, it was like, wow, how did that just come about? So, but was there was there a point though when you you know you realized that. You know, I got a real chance of making the league here, it's kind of changing, kind of changing my family trajectory.
2: You know, I would say probably uh, my sophomore year, uh, Mel Kiper used to do these rankings, and you know, we always look at the rankings, and uh, I was like the number three ranked uh, inside linebacker. So when I saw that, it was like, okay, you know, you, you, if you continue to do what you're doing, continue to work, and get better. You really, you really can have a legitimate shot to play in the NFL, and you know when I saw that, that even motivated me more. So yeah, that, I was set by my sophomore year of college.
1: All right, Sharon, tell us a little bit about your journey, though. So you're obviously you come from Inglewood, you come then to your know, uh, Joan Bonvicini. You play with a current uh, U of A player by the name of uh, Dia Barnes. You know, Absolutely. yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your journey to the U of A.
0: Oh, absolutely. So Joan from she was like a staple in California because uh, prior to her head coaching position at the U of A, she was actually the head coach at Long Beach State. So mm-hmm. she was an icon in California just based on what she had done at Long Beach State. Um, Adia was actually my host on my recruiting trip. And on my recruiting trip, we had so much in common. We ate, we shopped, we had a lot of things in common. So it made the The transition from California to Arizona, extremely easy. Um, When I was recruited, we had Joan Bonacini, but we also had a a great assistant coaching staff. So Tracy Waits, Bill, Broderick, Tracy Munchek, those were all great people that were instrumental in my career as well. Um, One of the things that I can say about Adia is that she brought the same tenacity as a teammate that she's bringing um, as a coach in the Pac-12, and she's definitely cemented herself as one of the best very early. So I'm not surprised by how well um, the women's basketball team is doing because I think that... um, you know, she's a winner, she's a proven winner. And um, she showed that as a player and she's definitely showing that as a leader Uh, of young women. And it's not just what she does for them on the court. It's um, their camaraderie, you know, off the court and how they hang out at her home. And, you know, I was at a football game and they all just happened to be sitting on my row. So Adia introduced me to a couple of them. And then they were so nice to my daughter. They took pictures with her, um, asked her if she liked basketball, things of that nature. And so it was a great experience. So I think, um, what she's bringing to the court is great, but I think that that translates to all of the success you know, with how they're doing academically. She's got the first academic All-American in Sam Thomas, so that's mm-hmm. wonderful. And then what they're doing in terms of you know, who's showing up, 6,000 plus in terms of you know, people watching the game. So I think it's extremely vital what she's doing in women's basketball in Tucson, and I think it's only going to get better.
1: You mentioned your daughter. Could we maybe see her playing here for Dia Barnes in what, 12, 13 years?
0: My daughter is obsessed with gymnastics. She loves gymnastics. So we will definitely make um, a few basketball games, but I think you'll see us as a staple uh, for the Gym Cats because my daughter loves gymnastics.
1: Okay. The great thing about here at the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, code word PHNX. You throw down... Uh, you throw down $1 on or excuse me $5 on a Thanksgiving Day game you know what if either team scores you get $100 in free plays it's that simple 21 and up in Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only minimum $5 deposit $1 wager required eligibility restrictions do apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for all the details out there now if uh, we were to put a line down, did you have any idea that you, both your boys would be as tall as they are? Because seeing Jason around campus is crazy. I mean, because he's <laughs> like a basketball player from his height.
2: You know, what? Uh, so when we were taken to the pediatrician when they were young, probably five, six months old, the doctor actually called it correctly. So she said Jalen would be 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and she said Jason would be 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, so She hit them both right on the nail. So we've known from a young age that both of them will be tall.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah.
1: In terms of. Go ahead, Sharon. Sorry.
0: I was just going to say, as babies, they were both off the chart in terms of length, always in the 95 to the 100th percentile. So they've always been very tall kids.
1: Was there any thought to uh, Jason being, because uh, very few have this capability. Was there ever any thought to Jason being a multi-sport uh, athlete in college? Because he certainly had the capabilities at basketball as well as in football, obviously.
2: You know, it was, uh, you know, but his sophomore year, he had he had a knee injury playing basketball and, no, sophomore year he had a shoulder mm-hmm. injury playing basketball. And then the following year, his junior year, they fell into his knee playing basketball. So he had two basically major injuries and that kind of slowed him down a little bit. And, you know, so his body started having aches and bruises here and there. So he kind of, he chose to just push away from basketball and focus on football. And he said, that's where he wanted to spend all his energy.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we're in rivalry week right now. We got Arizona ASU territorial cup, um, I wanted to get obviously Sean being a football player, Sharon being a basketball player. When you guys were coming up, when you obviously in the you know mid to late '90s, what did this, what did the rivalry mean to you? Obviously, there's a little something extra in play, but was there different vibes when you would come game day, game week, etc.?
2: I mean, it was a lot of it was a lot of hatred. You know, you just didn't like this the this, this sun devils you know so you uh you just you just didn't like anything about them didn't want them to have success and you know you know anytime we could block something from them gaining like going to a bowl game or winning the, the, the conference title we enjoyed that so I mean we just didn't like anything about them.
1: Right. Sharon?
0: I, I would say the same like the, the tenacity that comes with that game, like it's like no other experience, the adrenaline that goes through your body because you know you want to beat ASU. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same for them, but at the end of the day, like you beat ASU, you have a winning season. And um, I, uh, I, I don't know how to put it into words other than, you know, they put up a billboard last year in our neighborhood and I had to drive by it every day. Right, And uh, it made me sick to my stomach. So if I could just share any feedback with the current players, like I wasn't on the team, but but I bleed red and blue. So to right. live in my community and see the billboard the way it was, it ticked me off. Every time I drove by it, I had an attitude. So if if, if they can find anything deep down inside to win this game, I would say put everything out there on the line to make sure that you win this game because it was disrespectful in a number of ways. And, uh, I, you know, I think that, um, we have a chance in the future to be very good. And I think it starts with the ASU game on Saturday.
1: I'll never forget. I was, this is probably, gosh, this is probably six, seven years ago. And I had a chance run in with Richard Dice and, uh, he was talking about how, and I just asked him, and I just asked him, and this is strictly from a fan perspective, you know, did you ever think about not playing in that game being that you might've had a chance at the NFL? Obviously he had a lot of knee injuries. And he said, uh, and he said, honestly, I didn't even care about the NFL at that point. My entire thing is I wanted to get back there. Even if I was going to be wheeled off the field, I wanted to win that game and that was something to me that just really, I can't think of a better story as far as just some of the animus that goes there.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a big game. I mean, you know, I've I've watched it growing up and I played in it and I mean, it's, it's a beautiful atmosphere if you're a competitor. So, you know, and the, the best moments that I had in that game was winning at ASU, you know, it's no better feeling to, Going to their field in front of their student section, their fans, their family, and to shut them up. <laughs> yeah. You know, come the end of the fourth quarter, I like the stadium to be basically empty. <laughs> so,
1: okay, so we got a couple questions. We got a couple uh, questions coming in here about. Uh, so, what was it like when when you were raising the when you were raising the boys? What were they like growing up? Did they, you know? Were they You know, obviously they were physically gifted kids, but just tell us a little bit about Jason and Jalen.
0: Oh, everything was a competition. And it was a competition to the point where on birthdays, we just bought everyone a present. So everyone got a present on a birthday because we didn't want it to be a competition. So... Um, we we got so tired of refereeing the competition. Well, who's stronger and who's bigger and whose muscles look bigger? And Jason would say he's the more attractive one in the family. And it's a constant competition, believe it or not, with them being the age that they are, we still referee fights over the telephone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was it? So were they, generally when you have kids like that, you know, were they, even though they were ever, it was a competition, it strikes me as something, though, where when it still came down to it, they both had their back in a big way. Oh, yeah. absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they compete with each other. They they compete with each other individually. The teams they're on, even when they're younger, when Jason was on uh, a younger team and Jalen was on the older team, they compete about who's winning, who's losing. and But at the end of the day, if – somebody got tried try to get in between them, you know, they're not having it. So, you know, they're always going to be by each other if anything goes down and, you know, but they're great kids at the end of the day. They do good in school. They're respectable. So that's all I can ask for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of that, you know, if you're watching the games, you can see Jason, if Jalen comes off the field, he's the first one over to him and you can see him like doing hand gestures and, you know, telling him what to do as he's seeing plays on the sideline. And I think it's important, like it's, it's been great to have Jason back home and a member um, of the university of Arizona football program. It was the hardest thing for me having him go to Colorado and have them separated. So to have, Um, both of them on campus together is uh, a great feeling as a mom. And, you know, I get so many text messages and direct messages telling me about, you know, how someone in the community had an interaction with them and they're great kids. And that's wonderful to hear because, you know, you measure yourself as a parent by what you put out in the world. And I think um, when they're doing nice things and you hear people actually saying, yeah, I had an interaction with them and it was great or they signed this for my kid, it's, it's wonderful for both of us to hear.
1: Now, what was your uh, – we just got another question here. What is Jason's caloric intake then?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I know uh, he's always on the way staff and uh, uh, nutritionist at the U of A, so he stays in uh, constant contact with them about – getting stronger, getting bigger, getting faster. So (laughs) they'll be able to answer that a lot better. They they would definitely
0: answer that question. Last week, we were looking at him on the sideline, and he was eating something. And so I elbowed Sean, and I said, is Jason eating on the sideline? And he goes, yeah, he's eating. So um, he's, he's taking his weight gain very seriously. And uh, one thing about Jason, when you give him feedback, he's going to take it to the core and and implement it. So I hope that um, everything that he's doing will translate to time for him on the field soon because he's really committed to ensuring that he's gaining weight and doing what's necessary to be a contributing factor on the football team.
1: The cool thing about being on the AZ Wildcats podcast here is we get uh, a lot of really good guests and nothing has been better than this right here. Before we let you go, I just wanted to ask you just uh, both during your time at the U of A, you know, what did, what, when you look back at your time at the U of A, what did it mean for you as far as turning you into a, a, you know, young man, young woman, et cetera?
2: I mean, for me, it was everything. I mean, uh, you know, I made lifelong friendships uh, got to see things I never got to see. Uh, I never been on a plane until I got on the football team. My first trip was at University of Washington, which didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the experience was something that I'll never forget. You know, uh, I, I got to see a lot of people doing a lot of positive things. You know, We had a coaching staff that was great, Coach Tomey, Coach McDuff. Uh, they were just great men for us to look up to. So, you know, I look at my time at the U of A as a special time and it's no other place that I would rather be at that time. And sure. I, would,
0: I, would, I would definitely have to echo um, what Sean is saying. Like my experience is there. I didn't have one mentor. I had multiple mentors that, ensured that i was doing what i was supposed to do and i think when we go back to football games and we see uh, dr porter and he you know share stories with us about both of us you know how he you know interacted with me in the training room and then how he interacted with sean i think that that's one of the things that gives you like the warm and fuzzies, you know, but I think uh, for me, it was our, our Australian basketball tour and uh, 96, 97, both the men's and the women's basketball team went to Australia and it was an unbelievable experience for us and I don't think like, if I had not chosen the University of Arizona, I don't think that I would have had an opportunity Um, to travel to Australia, so we saw things like the Great Barrier Reef and Cairns and Canberra, and I know a lot of things about, you know, Australia that I would have never known had I not had that opportunity, so um, the University of Arizona is special to me, not just because he and I went there and met there and because we have um, boys that are student-athletes there, but it's very instrumental in terms of who we are Um, today. And we're, we will be forever in debt to the University of Arizona, just based on what they've provided for us and allowed for us um, to secure our future and then our family's future as well.
1: Sean and Sharon, I can't thank you enough. This has been fantastic. I don't think a lot of times I don't think parents get enough. uh, They don't get enough love when it comes to, you know, people just look at the players on the football field and they're like, okay, well they're out there, but you know what, without parents, you know, they're not out there. And especially a situation like you where both of you put such a, you know, put such a hallmark at the U of A. I can't thank you enough for hopping on right here.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you for
0: having us. To the U of A fans, bear down. And please keep coming to the games and supporting. I've shared with my boys how important and how valuable community support is. And we would love for you to continue to support and join us every Saturday for football games. Thank you.
1: Rashawn and Sharon Harris. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks again. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.